Welcome to V1, the podcast, an aviation podcast where we explore the vast world of aviation. My name is Nick Herring, and I'm your host. In this episode, we sit down with Matt Johnston, president and founder of California Aeronautical University in Bakersfield, California. We cover everything from why he decided to open CAU and discuss the process of creating a new school, the campus itself, including facilities and aircraft, the programs CAU has to offer, and what's in store for the future. It's all coming up in just a few moments, so sit back, relax, and welcome aboard to Episode 8 of V1, the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to V1, the podcast. If you're new here, thanks for stopping by to check it out. I'm sitting here with Matt Johnston, president and founder of California Aeronautical University. And if that school name sounds familiar, it's because I might have mentioned it in the past. I do go to this school, so full disclosure, I am a student here. But given the topic of last week's show about what you should look for in finding the right school, I figured I'd jump on the opportunity to talk to the man behind the curtain for the school that I chose. So without further ado, please welcome Matt Johnston. Hi, Matt. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the show today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. We've been talking about it for a while. And finally, here we are. Absolutely. So let's just start with the basics. Let's talk about you. Give us your life story. What's your background? And how did you get to where you are today? I thought we were going to start off talking about you. <laughs> well, not today, unfortunately. Well, my life story. Well, I've, I've uh, always been passionate about everything that I get involved with. And since I was a, a kid, I've gotten involved with things. I mean, they're all in or all out. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of my professional career, I've been in education, spent a little time in banking, and have really enjoyed working with students of all ages in education. And here I am today sitting at uh, California Aeronautical University. So cool. how far back do you want me to go into my childhood? Well, so how did, how did education start for you? Like when did you start getting involved? Uh, your, your, you, your family, right, created uh, SBB College, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So it was uh, something I grew up with. My dad was in education. I was born in Detroit, Michigan, and he was an accounting instructor. So we moved kind of across the country as he found different positions and moved from Omaha, Nebraska, actually out to California. And when he got to California, I you know finished high school and went through college. And when I got out of college, started to discover what he does and found myself actually in the classroom as well, falling in love with teaching, uh, instructing in the evening and also working in administrative capacities in, in the educational environment and found that I absolutely loved it. It was one of those things that money can't really buy. Right. You know, working with people and seeing the change in their lives and really recognizing the reward was there. And I, you know, studied business in college. So I wouldn't have thought that there was the rewards that there were there in the classroom because I was thinking, you know, the accounting and all of those normal business tracks. But right. when you have somebody come up to you and say thanks for teaching them something they didn't know earlier or working somebody through a problem that they had and they didn't think they could get through. It's pretty, pretty exciting to know you had a part of that. It's got to be a special feeling, I imagine. It's, it's all instructors can probably describe it's a, it's a very special feeling. I think it's what keeps, uh, keeps them going. Yeah. So why, why create an aeronautical university? Why not? Why not? <laughs> You know, I always actually had a passion for 
aviation, uh, but I never had a pathway to pursue that. So I found myself in high school uh, washing aircraft of a neighbor that had a plane. I was actually terrified of the prop and touching the plane and thought I was going to screw things up and uh, found over the years that aviation had an interest to me, but never really knew how to, how to follow that path. I thought I would get my pilot certificate at some point, uh, took a trip in Alaska, found out very fast that, boy, this is boring going from point A to point B. And then uh, over the years, I kind of distanced myself from aviation, again, pursuing a business education. And it wasn't until there was a business need down the road that aviation kind of cropped back up as something that potentially would be part of my life by helping me be home at night for my family. So I got my private pilot certificate and rented aircraft to reduce my amount of driving from different locations that I had to serve at and started seeing this need in the aviation community that was crying for well-trained pilots mm-hmm. and this real traditional sense of what was out there already and available for people, recognizing that probably if I had recognized the pathways to aviation a little better growing up, that maybe I would have pursued something. So I started thinking I'm going to try to figure out ways to expose that to people that were like me that never would get exposure and uh, leverage the 25 years in education and marriage the experience that I had now as a private pilot. And we created California Aeronautical University to start training pilots and showing the aviation world that, you know, this could be done differently and faster and affordable. So how does one go about even creating a university? I mean, I'm sure there's not a book out there, you know, creating universities for dummies or anything like that, but there's got to be some unique challenges with that. I mean, everything from, uh, you know, funding, choosing locations, how, what, what was your process in creating this? Well, it didn't, it didn't start from scratch. I mean, uh, California Aeronautical University was born out of a educational institution, SBB College, that uh, was established in 1888. Uh, that college started off as a normal institute. So the whole aviation studies program really started off as a program within SBB College. And it wasn't until we found and discovered not only there was going to be a greater need uh, for pilots and for just aviation professionals in general, you know, other business-related uh, professions in aviation, uh, A&P mechanics and uh, dispatchers and, and all the support that go into, into supplying an aviation uh, marketplace, that we started to kind of figure out we need to find something maybe bigger. And this campus in Bakersfield that we're at right now, and I know your your fans can't see this on the radio, but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a beautiful campus. It's purpose-built for, for flight training. And we saw this as an opportunity to really niche something in aviation that the industry needed and pursued it and were able – to acquire it in 2015 and then from that 
with all of the existing things that SBB College had, we were able to carve out California Aeronautical Universities and get its approvals and uh, pursue the state approvals, the the national approvals that were necessary, the FAA approvals. It was it was an extensive journey to get all the the signatures and paperwork filed. Oh, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, was what sort of locations were you considering before you found this little gem here in Bakersfield? Interesting, because you know it's hard to find locations, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the challenges. Uh, there's only so many airports, and there's only so many facilities on airports that can can offer the the kind of scalability that one would need to you know start something of size to train pilots uh, that would be different than you know your your normal flight schools mm-hmm. on an airport. So that was difficult. We, we found a location in Oxnard. We still operate out of there. Uh, we're operating out of, that, out of an FBO, Golden West, on the Oxnard Airport. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, was, that was difficult. We, we, we knew that we needed to be in, in California. There's not a lot in California. Right. And really this, this campus opportunity, you know, I think was the big game changer. Right. Um, I mean, so what, so overall, what's the mission of CAU? What are we trying to, what are we trying to do here? Well, at at, at the top line, our mission is to serve as a leader in educating aviation professionals. I mean, we want to be an institution that, you know, brings, brings the industry together, uh, allows for conversation, allows for solving of the problems that, that exist out there. uh, And most importantly, uh, expose and train you know, the next generation of aviation professionals. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to be servants to that. And we do a great job in aviation talking amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. but we do a really poor job talking to those that know nothing about aviation. Yeah, I agree. So what, uh, you know, there, you see, you CAU is, is pretty unique in what we do and how we train and, and our ultimate goal. So what, what makes CAU different, would you say, compared to some of the big names out there? Well, we're, we're taking a look at what's been done for so long and, and what's been done well for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't take away uh, the existing and established schools that are out there training. Uh, they, do a, they do a fine job, and uh, there's several to choose from. The thing that California Aeronautical University, what we were looking to do was, was solve some of those major problems that we saw there, and that is cost is is a big one and time so a lot of programs are buried into institutions where you're going to take a lot of time you're you're going to study your academic aspects of your your stud your education and then you're going to uh, kind of pursue your flight and and hope you can get through those things in a reasonable amount of time four years five years and you've got to find ways to pay for it along the way. And every year that you're in school is a year you're not earning income or you're having to pay for living and all the expenses that go to support your education. Right. So we wanted to make it fast and still safe, but also affordable by looking at the total package that a student needs to complete specifically in their, their pilot training, pursuing mm-hmm. a bachelor's degree in aeronautics. Cool. And, uh, and we'll get into the programs in a few minutes here, but um, are there any kind of specific uh, students where you're targeting for CAU, uh, you know, either right out of high school or established adults already? Is there any kind of uh, 
preference there? Well, the answer is yes. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's both of those. I mean, take a look at yourself. Uh, there's, there's experienced individuals out there that, that come with uh, a kind of change of heart in terms of what they want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in their late twenties, early thirties, uh, even mid thirties we have on campus. But, but for the most part, it's, it's a, it's a study that attracts the young. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people right out of high school, uh, the airlines and the the kind of seniorities that are followed there uh, almost are are set up for you know, right. a young person to to start their career. Well, it's great to get started early too, right? Because that just gives you more time to enjoy that career that you're trying to pursue, um, for, uh, and grab hold of those opportunities that will probably present to those students. Absolutely. If you don't mind me asking, you know what what. Because you were you were a career changer. You're somebody yeah. that looks uh, looks at things uh, kind of from a different perspective from, the, from some of the other people on campus. Mm-hmm. What what made you change? Um, well, I mean, aviation has kind of always been uh, specifically an airline pilot. It always has always been the dream, the goal, if you if you will. And um, I fell in love with two things, and one was aviation, and the other was technical entertainment. So. Um, it just so happened out of high school, more opportunities presented themselves with the first career. Um, the stuff I do as my main career right now was really meant to be the hobby and this was meant to be the career. Um, but it kind of turned into something where I got so busy with that current career, which I enjoy my job. I enjoy the stuff I do. I've been, um, able to do some really cool things, um, at a pretty young age because of that. Um, but you know, I, I like to, my, my philosophy is always, if you can do whatever you want to do, then you should, you should be able to do it. I don't subscribe to the notion that you have one career and that's whatever you fall into is that's it. You're done. That's your career. You can have multiple careers. You can have multiple interests and hobbies. And this is me, um, making the next thing happen, making that other career happen. That's why I'm here. Um, now a lot of times some smaller flight schools or even larger flight schools, they tend to um, incorporate a lot of foreign contracts, right? They bring students out from other countries, they train them here, and they get sent back to the other countries. In fact, our campus, as you mentioned, was built by um, ANA Airlines specifically. They're the ones who did that for themselves. So now that we're our kind of our own entity, is that something that CAU is looking at doing or currently does right now? So we currently don't have any contracts um, or you know pursuing any contracts actively. We do have interested um, contractors out there from mm-hmm. from several countries that that would like to see us you know, train more more pilots. Right. Uh, we we really feel committed to to the domestic market, and we think that the the students that are interested in in the United States and you know the military options used to used to feed the aviation industry they they'd come from the military or they'd go into the military come out of the military and and uh, find find a place in in aviation uh, we think there's plenty of people that are no longer with those military opportunities uh, looking for a path and kind of earlier as I was saying I'd like to be able to expose people to paths that they might not otherwise have um, when you're young or realize what they're doing uh, so no we're not actively pursuing any contracts but there are there are potentials for that 
maybe sure. in the future. Right. Um, so let's talk about the campus in general. We just mentioned about where this campus was basically came from, how it was built, um, and but we're here now. So, about how many students do we have at the at the moment? Right now, we're we're training approximately 150 pilots uh, in a bachelor's degree in aeronautics program. We have uh, some students also in our uh, bachelor's degree for aviation studies that are you know, seeking to do some management or, or pursue some business aspects in aviation that are non-piloting. Uh, we also are um, in, in application or the, the formal processes are finalizing with the FAA for uh, Part 147 A&P school mm-hmm. that we're looking um, to have on board by, by next fall. So we're, we're growing, Nick. We've, we're, we're seeing interest and for us, it's important though that we we grow at the right pace, right? So that there's the quality elements that are there, uh, you know, the the scaling challenges that exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we we do it right, and we want to be we want to be around for a while. Yeah, I mean, the I've mentioned this in past episodes, but um, for perspective, when when I started here in October 2016, I think there was only 18 of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're at you know 150 ish students and. You know, that was actually um, one of the reasons, and I talked about it on the last, last episode, and one of the main intrigues about CAU was because it was new. Some people would actually be afraid of that fact, right? There's no uh, history so far. There's no, it's a big risk um, being a new, a new university. But I kind of saw that as um, I like a challenge. So I knew that there was going to be some growing pains, whether it's myself at the school or the school, you know, we, and we all kind of have to adapt. Yep. Um, I found that as a kind of a cool thing to be in the middle of, kind of be part of that ground floor. Because I knew that the school yourself, we were going to be pulling a lot of, um, you know, opinions from the students on how things are going, you know, and what we're looking for and, and how everyone can improve. Um, so that was something that was um, pretty... And that's happened. That's definitely happened. <laughs> yeah. It definitely happened. And yeah, just, just even hearing the number 150 sounds fake. I mean, one example I give people when I started here is I could walk from the housing facility to the main admin building here and not see one person. Yeah. And now you will see someone in white, you know, one of you'll see a student that you might not know that I might not even know. I mean, right now the new class that just came in in August, I think I've only seen probably 10 of them out of the 50 or so that, that showed up. So, um, it's crazy. You know, the, the growth is, is, is fast. Uh, like you said, and, um, well, it's purposeful. I mean, it's uh, you know, if you look at uh, if you look at the scale over time, it, it it is fast in the aviation community because the aviation community is is a lot of the same. So to be something new in the aviation community gets a, gets a lot of attention. So with that risk also comes opportunity. And I think you know people like yourself, uh, who we appreciate, you know, trusting what we're doing and and the plan and and our educational model. Uh, allows for us to learn from, but also uh, put our our heart and soul into producing and delivering what we say we're going to deliver to the best of our ability. And we want to continue with that, regardless of the size. Uh, we we have 300 beds on campus that we can continue to to grow to. Um, and as you know, there's other schools out there that are that are a lot larger than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll figure out where that right place to be is for, you know, delivering the quality and the output. Because as you know, you know, you can be too big too. Right. 
especially too big, too fast, you know. Um, so you mentioned housing a little bit right there. So let's talk about the campus itself. Um, what kind of facilities do we have here and, and uh, what do we offer the students? The, the city of CAU, yeah. uh, you don't have to leave, leave the gates. Everything's on campus. Well, it, you mentioned earlier, what's really cool about this campus is the whole purpose-built aspect to it. So a Airlines built it for people to basically not leave here at all. Right. So you have this educational facility with approximately you know thirty four thousand square feet of of classroom space. You have a uh, housing facility that can house up to three hundred people uh, already existing here. Each room having their own bathroom, and uh, you know it's just an incredible experience alone. My daughter's attending college and. Her dorm room looks nothing like this. She's got to <laughs> share a bathroom on a floor. So mm-hmm. there's there's some pretty neat aspects to that. Then we've got the cafe, so we can feed everybody here on campus. And we have three meals served a day. And we got tennis courts, basketball courts. I don't see those used as much. People really mm-hmm. quickly learn they've got to study. <laughs> right. The pool gets, gets used uh, late in the evening, I think, after everyone gets out of class. Mm-hmm. But then all of that connected to... The ramp, right. where airplanes are right there, just outside, just outside the educational facility with dispatch, so you can hear the planes going. Um, you know, we've got a, a maintenance facility out there on the ramp as well. That's got five hangar bays and uh, classrooms behind that for our future A and P program. So it's all right here. You just don't have to to go anywhere else. Yeah, I think I think to say we're fully immersed is. Is, uh, you know, <laughs> an understatement. Yeah, um, you can smell the jet fuel from the that's right. commercial airlines that go by. Right, and it, you know, and it's a convenience. You know, you uh, sometimes some of us were up late studying. You know, and we got class the next morning, and uh, it's nice to be able to wake up and just you know walk a few hundred feet down the path, and you're in your classroom or you're in the plane for the matter. So yeah, I think that's something very unique to this campus, and just being uh, tied into everything all in one small location. Um, can work against you too when you have a bunch of pilots all in one location that's 24 hours a day yes <laughs> that's very true um, let's talk about the, the aircraft that we offer the students for our training programs here what kind of uh, planes do we fly yeah there's uh, the Cessna product or Textron mm-hmm. you know, Beechcraft Cessna is what we what we fly that's been a great great relationship with them we fly a uh, Cessna 172 SP model and what that means is it's you know, equipped with the Garmin 1000, and there's, I think we've got two variations of it here mm-hmm. in the fleet. You would probably know better than me. You yeah, the, uh, NXI for our new airplanes, and then the standard G1000 for the, the other ones. Yeah, so the so we've got uh, basically glass cockpits for our primary trainers, mm-hmm. and that's where we'll do our private and instrument. We take the students all the way up through uh, commercial, uh, CFI, double I, and, and twin as well. But our primary trainers are those uh, SP models. We also have a couple 172RG uh, aircraft, uh, so retractable gear. Um, that, uh, in the commercial phase, allows students you know, some cross-country, also some more round-dial experience. And uh, then we have a spin trainer, uh, Super Decathlon, mm-hmm. that I hear everyone really likes once they can do that. <laughs> have you done that yet? Not yet, no. So you'll fall in love with that. It's coming up pretty soon here, yeah. I understand. And then we've got a twin, which I think probably the most unique. I mean, most schools have 
kind of that variation of playing for their primary trainer and sure. kind of Cessna. But we use a Baron 55 for our twin trainer. And that is a real twin aircraft, heavy, uh, powerful, fast. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a big differentiator in, in equipment. Yeah, I know that people are usually pretty um, amazed that we have that, uh, at least as far as students go. When I've gone to different events out there, they ask us what we fly, of course. And I say, oh, we got a Baron. And they go, what? You guys got a Baron fly Barons or yeah. multi? So, um, yeah, that's pretty unique to us for sure. Uh, we're up to, what about eight aircraft on our line right now or something like that? We have 13 total aircraft in oh, the 13. fleet. Yeah, so eight, nine primary trainers. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think you're right on the SP models. Yeah. So, so why why start the students in brand new aircraft with the glass panels? No, most schools, you know, old school style, I guess you could say, is they start them in the six pack, and then you kind of advance into the more advanced avionics. Yeah, you know that that was actually a, a big question when we started. You know, what how do how do you equip the fleet? And there's a lot of schools of thought that believe. Well, you've got to teach the round dials and really, you know, give give people exposure to uh, things spinning there in the cockpit, and that's just kind of the way it was. Most of the airlines, uh, you won't find too many that don't have the the glass cockpits now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the automation, the autopilot, uh, all of those things that exist in in today's modern aircraft. We just thought we would position our aircraft in that direction because we knew that a majority of our students that would be pursuing something with CAU would be pursuing a professional pilot track. And that track was going to lead them to a a cockpit that was probably more advanced than, than a round dial cockpit. And also, uh, maintenance, maintenance and, uh, you know, downtime of aircraft is, is big. So a newer aircraft allows for less of that. And we, we thought that making the investment in the newer aircraft was going to be good for our students to mm-hmm. experience uh, more uptime. And, and also, you know, it's not cheap. So right. why not why not fly something newer and mm-hmm. more pleasurable with all that glass up, up front in the cockpit? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, because before I came here, I had a, a small – I started training down in San Diego for a little bit um, before I kind of got overwhelmed with work and – yeah, it was all six pack, and so I that was again one of the one of the things um, that uh, kind of checked the box for CAU for me was you guys were flying new aircraft and it was um, at reasonable prices, and I had not experienced a G one thousand before, and you know once you're kind of in it, you get you get really um, spoiled, you know, when you fly that, and then you move on to the RG for instance, which is a standard six pack uh, aircraft, but then you kind of jump back into it and you're able to go back and forth. I think that's a big Big thing, being able to be pretty versatile when it comes to the avionics. Um, yeah, the data that that G1000 produces, it, I mean, it's got all the information you need. It's, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, the amount of situational awareness, you know, that allows you to keep is, is one big plus. Um, so specifically in the building we're sitting in, which is the main admin building here, um, this is where all the learning happens, essentially, aside from self-study. But, uh, um, you know, we have, like you mentioned, um, we have our flight department that, all the students will be going through. We have a dispatch center. What other things do we offer here in, in the main building? So, yeah, we really got uh, everything administrative uh, in the operations happening out of here. So we've got our admissions offices, all the recruiting, and, and anybody that's seeking interest in CAU is going to talk to one of our admissions officers that's that's housed here. 
We also have our financial aid office, so all the financial services and the packaging of students to be able to to make this a reality. They're housed here. And we kind of view that kind of on the left side of the building. If you walk in, that's all the administrative functions. And on the right side, like you said, the flight department exists over there. We have a couple simulators, uh, also ATDs, uh, mm-hmm. Redbirds is what we've used. We've got a stationary and we've got a in motion one of those. We also have uh, two Baron 58 mm-hmm. trainers as well, which are, uh, again, a cost-effective way to get people exposed to the cockpit to then transition to the Baron 55s. And all of our classrooms are on the second story. And, of course, my offices and uh, graduate services are are here as well, where we we coordinate all the airlines that come and visit and those types of things. Are all the classes physically in person here at CAU, or is what the type of a, what type of a class structure do we do we offer? We we keep the class sizes relatively small, so twenty students or less. Uh, you'll even smaller than that. I know you've experienced much smaller classes than mm-hmm. that, but. Uh, for the most part, 20 students or less is what we're, we're shooting for. So we, we really want to get the students, we want to get to know the students by name. And uh, I think we do a pretty good job of that, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't want us to know them as they, they're, <laughs> they're, they're coming and going. But uh, we also uh, do offer some of our courses online. And that's okay. a direction we're moving in as well to where our students – may take some courses online, specifically when they get to their latter parts of their program and they, they need to instruct as CFIs, they'll take more of their classes online than they will physically here on campus. That allows them a full day to then you know earn the hours they need to move on to the airlines. That's nice. That's nice for sure. Um, so you mentioned we have a, we have, this is our main campus here in Bakersfield. There's a, another, we have a flight training center over in Oxnard. Um, what are your other than those locations, are we, are you have any plans for expansion or, or types of promotion for the school as well when it comes to that kind of stuff? We do. We well, we're looking again back to what I said earlier. Uh, we're we're really wanting to help people find pathways, and when we have the opportunity to reach out to communities and expose these things to to students who might other might not otherwise pursue this path, uh, we want to do that, and so. Oxnard and Ventura County is where we have one of our centers, as you mentioned. But we also have identified uh, San Diego County. And San Diego County, we, as a matter of fact, just are signed the lease today and will be uh, opening in San Diego uh, this October. So a couple months from now, we'll, we'll start uh, promoting our first class. And students will study online and they'll fly locally there in San Diego. And uh, we look forward to that location. That's exciting. Yeah. So definitely a lot of uh, growth. The growth continues for CAU for sure. Um, and now as far as with that growth, we're going to, I'm assuming we need more airplanes. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, <think? laughs> um, what, what, what kind of future plans do you have as far? Well, it's actually kind of an interesting prospect, right? So a school that's starting, um, you got to get the aircraft. So how do you, how do you decide when you need more and how you, and how you get those aircraft? 
Yeah, that's you know, so that's a that's a really great question, and I think that's the that's the challenge that a lot of flight training has in general. So you take a look at the scale, and even some of the large schools. Well, first, first you need to remember that aircraft you know can fly twenty four hours a day mm-hmm. if they're maintained properly. So there's a lot of instruction that can happen during the day that is appropriate for that instruction. Like for example, IFR can happen more at night, uh, where some of the primary private instruction is better off during the day except for the night requirements they need. So we take a look at the aircraft and we take a look at the the student need and where they're at in their programs and we want to try to keep a you know student to aircraft ratio appropriate so that there's the opportunity for the students to progress at a rapid pace but we also want to leverage the aircraft uh, to its maximum potential. Finding those balances is an ongoing everyday challenge. And we have a scheduler that just, that's all they're working on doing. Right. <laughs> and so we take a look at what type of restraints we have in the schedule. And then we project that out. And, you know, for example, I'm looking at buying, you know, probably five more aircraft, or I shouldn't say buying, but acquiring mm-hmm. five more aircraft. Because aircraft are becoming harder, harder to get. Right. You know, if you buy a new aircraft off the, manufacturing line you're looking a, a good year out so right. you've got to really be be thinking forward in terms of your aircraft needs same goes with cfis though too mm-hmm. so you can have all the aircraft on the line but you know you guys are all getting your hours and moving on faster sometimes right. than than we would like or need because there's so much opportunity for for pilots out there too i think it's a common thread for a lot of flight schools too you know they so we have this you know this whole this whole pilot shortage. And I think that it's also because of that, you have a, you, you subsequently have a CFI shortage, you know, and people are getting hired, they're getting their hours and they're leaving. And I think a lot of schools know that's going to happen. Um, but that's got to be a pretty difficult thing to have to deal with. It is. And, and we're, one of the things that we have on our, our board to pursue again, back to that, we want, we want to provide opportunities where they're not in, in the marketplace and there's not a lot of institutions out there that train CFIs. So you have a lot of flight schools that exist and do great at the primary training and the private and the instrument. For those that want to pursue the professional track, they may you know continue at these local flight schools, but they, they really aren't set up with their equipment or their resources to train many professional pilots. And it's very time intense and uh, educationally intense to train a CFI. And there's not a lot of places to go. So we are looking to become kind of a center of excellence so that we can train CFIs that might be out there at a flight school looking for a place that they can maybe come and spend some time at, say, our Ventura location and and study to become a CFI. And we can help serve the market that place. Okay. Now, speaking of training, what sort of uh, programs does CAU offer? So as, as we talked about a little earlier, I mean, our big focus right now is uh, the pilots. We have a bachelor's degree in aeronautics, and we have the business degree in aviation studies. We have, uh, we're working on a dispatch program for 2019, as well as the A&P program we're looking to come on in 2019 as well. That's exciting. So, so lots of opportunities for people, depending on the path they want to choose. Absolutely. Um, now, some of that stuff you said will be online, um, and some of those the certification type programs that you mentioned are those primarily in person here on campus, or 
Yeah. So with that, there's, there's, uh, several, uh, opportunities for people to pursue, say for a career in dispatch, we're looking to partner with one large organization. Uh, it's not totally finalized yet. So sure. I'll, I'll, more to come on that, Okay. <laughs> but that organization then would uh, do the training, which is online. And, and then we would provide a boot camp for a couple of weeks to meet the requirements. It's basically an, an ATP okay. type exam they have to take. Cool. So that's on the dispatch side. Um, but we're looking physically to have a A&P and our pilots at the main campus here in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And then people at the flight centers can take advantage of their living locally and that and still right. have access to, to our standard operating procedures and our safety at the, at the flight centers. So for someone who's, whose goal ultimately is to be an airline pilot, our, our basic, our main program that we do here, um, they come in and start at CAU about how long is the program and what do they get out of that in the end? So the program from beginning to end, you can start in, for example, these students who started in January of 2016, when we first opened our doors here, mm-hmm. are going to now be graduating uh, their last term, and they'll they'll finish December, you know, December 31st, 2018. So, in a three-year span, we can get somebody through all of their academics. We can get them their private, their instrument, their commercial, their CFI, their double I, and a twin rating. We can do that at the main campus in about two years to where they start teaching as a CFI in that third year and then accumulate the hours to about finish their number of hours and all of their academics at that year three mark to then go right to the airlines, which is one of those unique points we talked about earlier is Mm -hmm. that speed. It it doesn't waste that time and uh, we're hoping to kind of continue that model. And now, what's unique about uh, our school and, and even some of the larger schools, too, that have um, you know, these degree-type programs and whatnot is our partnerships that we have with, uh, with the different regional carriers and whatnot. So what, what, what type of partnerships does CAU, is CAU currently involved in, whether it be the airlines or any other companies? Yeah, and, and, and you know, part of that whole package, too, of a student at CAU, I think one of the reasons you would choose CAU is, is the immersion and the accelerated path to uh, to these career opportunities at these mm-hmm. airlines. Our students all wear uniforms, so they look like pilots, white uniforms, stripes, and the airlines love that. We have currently eight airline partners that our students can pathway through various different programs. Uh, we have uh, some cadet programs. They call them different things, mm-hmm. but uh, in essence, they're 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 there to support the student through their journey mm-hmm. and they bring them on board some as early as right after their private pilot certificate. So they come in about once a month. We have an airline or two. They talk to our students. They go over what opportunities exist at their airline. And a lot's really just kind of discovering their culture. Right. So we, we at CAU want to give our students choices. And we want to expose our students to all the different choices that are available to them. And right now, there are a ton of them. There are indeed. There are a ton of them. So there's a lot of emotion that can go into that because you know money isn't the only thing. 
that should be on somebody's list when they're given consideration, you right. know, the domiciles that they want to be based at and the type of plane they want to fly, the internal culture, um, their ability to go from first officer to captain, you know, what's their upgrade time, uh, what's the flow into the majors and which majors do they have affiliations to. So there's a whole litany of things that somebody really needs to look at. And we've tried to partner with airlines that um, really view a relationship as important and, and view coming in, in on campus and visiting with our students as important. And, and we're happy with all of our airline partnerships. Yeah, and I think um, from a student perspective, that's really nice to have that connection with those potential airlines that you will probably be working for if that's your route. Um, not only because it's nice to see what all the different airlines are offering, but if you do select an airline, it's, it's um, you know, you've already met the recruiters at that point. Uh, it's usually the same people that come every time, and they are the ones that are doing the hiring. So it's almost like cheating. You know, you, you kind of get to meet the people that are, that are ultimately going to say yes or no for you getting that job. And um, they kind of give you little hints and tricks and just to make sure that you're the best that you can be for when you actually do have the interview and you decide who to go with. Um, and then some of those airlines, you know, with those partnerships, which is nice, they support you throughout your, your, your CF while you're being, while you're working as a CFI here. Yeah. There's, so. there's a lot of incentives there, but you know, airlines aren't the only path. I mean, we've also, we try to bring in some part 135, which are, you know, the corporate, um, operations. So mm -hmm. we've got a great one here on field. Uh, we've got, uh, other corporate operations and there's just, there's so many opportunities that yeah. are out there. Airlines are, are the most obvious one that everyone can associate to. But sure. as, as you're learning since you've been here, there's there's so many other mm -hmm. alternatives than the airlines uh, that we want to also expose our students to those opportunities too. Yeah, it's amazing. And a lot of the other, uh, some of the other podcasts that I listen to, um, you know, it's truly amazing the demand there is for, for pilots, uh, not even only pilots, but a lot of different types of uh career paths in the aviation industry in general. Um, so I think it's really nice to be able to be exposed to those different elements for sure. Um, what other types of uh, sponsorships or partnerships does CAU associate themselves with? Well, we've, we've had some fun over the past couple years, actually. We've been fortunate that we've, we've been able to get a contract with Gulfstream to do some testing. And they came and were doing some testing in the local area and we were able to, to contract with them, and some of our students were able to fly that that scientific mission mm -hmm. to help help that. That was really neat. We've also uh, been able to have a really strong partnership with uh, Textron. Uh, as you know, you're a big part of the Top Hawk program, mm -hmm. so we were able to satisfy uh, receiving a, an aircraft for approximately the past year to use for promotion. And you were a big part of that, Nick, filling <laughs> out the application. And I think you've got a lot of hours in that plane too. Yeah, I got about 62 hours or something just in that airplane. Yeah. So that's a, that's a technically advanced airplane with uh, autopilot and whatnot. Uh, we also uh, work with a great relationship with the department of airports and where we belong uh, to several associations. So we've had our students go to MBAA. We've taken some students there. Uh, we're a supporting sponsor with AOPA. Uh, and we go to a lot of events that they have. They're, they're regional fly-ins and 
other things that they they're present at. And just recently, I was back at Oshkosh, uh, spending time with the the team there. Mm-hmm. And then again, back to that theme of trying to expose the non aviation community to aviation. You know, we're at festivals and fairs and in the high schools, talking to students and you know our students going out there talking to those students sometimes you know awakens a child that you know goes oh i mm-hmm. i didn't realize this could happen you look really cool in your uniform <laughs> and and i i like planes and so we do that but within the aviation community we're, we're at a lot of air shows in uh, california or the western region we have a simulation bus mm-hmm. we take out and try to expose people to to the opportunities in aviation. So we, we try to really just be involved local chapters of the 99s and, uh, EAA, uh, all of those. We, we want to continue to support young Eagles flights, those types of things. So there's just, there's really a lot going on. Yeah. And I think it's uh, pretty interesting because there's been a few places that we've gone to, whether it was in an air show capacity or, um, you know, just even on social media where someone says, I've heard of CAU or I've seen that logo. Um, where is that place? So I've heard, I've heard the name. That's kind of cool, right? Because yeah, going back to what we mentioned before, where you know the school is relatively still still pretty new. You know, I mean, it's only two or three years old at this point, or a couple years old at this point, and um, it's kind of nice to see that the name's getting out there and people are hearing about it. I mean, we even have I've even heard of other students at some of the big names, you know, Amber Riddle, UND, that say, "Yeah, we've heard of your school. You know, we've we've looked into it." Um, and we had people at Oshkosh, for instance. We had some of those schools stop by the aircraft we had on display there and, and talk to us about, you know, uh, me and me and Moises as students, um, what we liked about the school. And, you know, it's kind of interesting how that interest kind of flows throughout the, both the collegiate industry and the aviation industry in general. It's a small community and, and, and we just want to be respectful. We know that, you know, we're not the right choice for everybody and, but we want to, we want to play with everybody. And we think that there's plenty of need. I mean, we need over 600,000 pilots. So if every school that's out there filled to its capacity, I I don't think there'd be enough. It's crazy. (laughs) So we just, we just want to, you know, play our part, uh, be modest in what we do and quite honestly, what we do and how we do it is, is a result of the people we have working here. We've got a incredible uh, staff. Our chief flight instructor has got uh, you know, tons of years, uh, FAA, DPE. And uh, you know, so he's contributed a lot to the flight department. We've got really strong administrative staff to support our student body. And you know, everybody here cares. And most importantly, uh, you know, where, where the rubber hits the road, is you guys, the students, are are out there. I mean, let's mm-hmm. let's face it. You're getting interviewed by airlines, and the airlines are flying our students uh, all over the country to go look at their uh, operations. And you know, sometimes we we sit and don't know what's going to happen there. And right. next thing we know, we're getting a call from the airline talking about you know how proud they are and telling us how proud they or we're proud of how well our students performed at those events or right. those interviews. So you guys are, are really doing a good representation of, of you know, what you're, what you're here for. Yeah. The opportunities are, are, are always growing. And, um, that's one of the great things about those partnerships we mentioned is those airlines will have career days. They'll have tours of their facilities and they for sure will, um, offer those, um, opportunities to come out and check them out in person. Uh, I've, I've taken advantage of that a couple of times and, um, 
I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. So that's something unique. I think people can look forward to not only um, our school, but um, any any type of university that has those kind of partnerships with the airlines. But uh, what's what's next for CAU? What's on the uh, you mentioned San Diego, but uh, what else what else is coming up? Yeah, I think we just have to continue to stay focused. Like you said, we're we're three years old. Uh, our students now are starting to uh, flow into the regionals, and relationships are really important to us. So supporting our students, not just while they're here, but you know when they leave here, is is probably the next next phase for us. We want to make sure that our students continue to find the right path. Uh, even as they navigate the regionals, we want to be here and make sure we've got infrastructure to support, you know, their decision-making and all the things that need to take place in, in getting them to their end goal. And if it's not airlines, maybe it's something else. So I think that's going to be an important next focus for us. Uh, also taking a look at you know, our internal resources, uh, continuing to scale our, our fleet and our aircraft and uh, ongoing training. One of the neat things that uh, I, I'm not sure whether you're participating in or not, but one of our courses is uh, SMS. And we are going to be pursuing implementation of an SMS program over the next several months that our okay. students are actually driving. Oh, wow. So I'm looking forward to it's a safety management system mm-hmm. that embodies uh, good safe operations and puts definitions and accountability to that. So I'm actually really looking forward to working with the students on that project. Right. Uh, and uh, we've got a fraternity here on campus that's uh, relatively new that started, again, from the student body. So I'm looking forward to maturing kind of that culture and, and what the students are creating. So I, I guess overall I'm, I'm just looking forward to – continuing to mature mm-hmm. California Aeronautical University, working with students and and their interests and, and keep having fun at what we're doing here. Fantastic. So how does uh, how does one get more information about CAU? There's tremendous amounts of ways to get information out there about anything now, but the best way is the the internet. So calero.edu is the best way to go get information about our university. Uh, and on there, they can find out how to give us a call and they can talk to somebody or they can pursue information requests online and somebody will get in touch with them. But, uh, you know, follow us on social media as well. Facebook, Instagram, uh, we've got uh, all the latest and greatest social media trends we're trying to keep up with. So you can take a look at us there too. Cool. Well, thanks again, Matt, for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me. I really appreciate it. This is awesome, and I'm I'm really impressed that you are, you know, finding the time to do this kind of stuff too. You constantly Barely. amaze me. You're you're a great pilot, and now you're look like you're a producer as well. Oh wow! Well, you know, I like to wear a lot of hats. So. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks, Matt. And that's going to do it for episode eight of V One, the podcast. If you like the show, go ahead and subscribe and give a rating and review. This podcast is also available on Stitcher and Spotify. And finally, what do you want to hear about next? Just send me an email to feedback at v1podcast.com. You can also use that email if you have any other questions or comments. You can also follow me on Instagram using the handle at the Nick Herring. All that being said, thanks for stopping by, everybody, and I'll see you next time on V1, the podcast. <laughs>